from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. If you run the dribble drive motion offense, if you want to learn more about the dribble drive motion offense, if you've never heard of the dribble drive motion offense, but you're looking for an offense to possibly run next year, you've come to the right place. If you check any of those boxes or any that I did not mention, maybe you're just a fan of the Coach's Edge podcast. Respect to you. We're taking a deep dive into the dribble drive motion offense with a man who knows it well, with a man who knows it well. All right. Anthony Troshak. Anthony Troshak, Charlevoix men's basketball. He's been running this for a while, and uh, we've made a whole project out of this for our CoachesEdge.coach members because we have so many members inside of Coach's Edge that run the dribble drive motion. It's, uh, you know, it really serves two things. It allows me as a coach to be able to get a better understanding of how I can help the coaches inside the membership and allows us uh, as coaches, especially Coach Tro, to be able to teach it better to all the coaches inside of our membership there. So if you are thinking about joining CoachesEdge.coach, now is the time. April is, quote, unquote, one of our launch months, April, July, and October. And so this is the perfect time to jump in, uh, especially if you would like more information, presentations, all that really great stuff about the dribble drive motion offense. So coach Stro, first and foremost, why the dribble drive? You know, I think uh, there's a lot of different whys that coaches might have out there, but the whys that uh, I really like about the dribble drive is it puts pressure on the paint and you're attacking the paint. You're getting paint touches, which if you talk to any coach about any offense, um, they are going to probably mention the importance of paint touches or statistics out there about paint touches. So that's number one. And, in line with that, you're being aggressive. Like you're being the aggressor. You're being the hammer. You're not the nail. You are attacking the paint. You're saying, hey, we're going to get to the rim. We're going to play downhill. We're going to play inside out. It gives you an identity of just kind of being the aggressor. Um, and then ultimately, you know, if, if you run it right, if you do a good job, uh, you're going to, it's going to lead to open layups is what you want to take, you know, open threes, free throws. There is um, spots for mid range in there. Um, within the offense and that's kind of more personnel base. But the big thing is you're the aggressor and you're trying to get the ball into the paint and doing that, you know, will help you get to the free throw line too and get some easy ones compared to if you're a little more passive. Uh, but those are the reasons I like the dribble drive offense. Um, I don't know. what. How do you feel? What do you think when you see teams run it, if you've defended it, if you've watched it, coach them, what's your opinion about what like what makes the dribble drive uh, a good offense? What I like about the dribble drive is the spacing. I love the spacing of, of the dribble drive offense. I think that it gives the players out on the court a lot of freedom to be able to use their skills uh, to the best of their ability. Uh, if you're a shooter, there's there's shots that you're going to be able to look for within that offense. If you're a driver, there's uh, different opportunities that you're going to be have have because of the double and triple gaps that this offense produces. And if you uh, are a coach and you have a player that you don't really feel comfortable being out on the perimeter, it's four out one in. Now you can run some of these components if you're running five out, um, but it's a four out one in 
that we're looking at. And, and I like the idea of still having a, a big around the basket and, you know, they can step out to that, whether that's high post, they, we can still integrate them in some ball screens. There's some different things that we can do. Um, but I just love the, the spacing and the options that it provides within that offense. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the spacing. With uh, the four-out one-in, basically there's the slot, a lot of coaches will call it, um, and then there's the wings, and then there's the corners, and then there's the high post, the low post. So you want, might want to call the low post the dunker spot, depending on where you're going to put your low post. But that's kind of the spacing. And within that spacing, if you're visualizing a court, if me and you are both in the slot, the area between us would be a single gap because there's no spot between us. Now, if I'm in the slot and Coach Kramer's in the corner, the wing is technically not filled. So that would be a double gap. Um, and in within dribble drive, um, you want to attack, you know, double and also triple gaps. And, you know, I'll get to it right now. The way, uh, way that um, we create a triple gap and the way that um, I think is beneficial is if we're both in the slot and I pass it over to you slot to slot, that's a pass that we want. That's um, called our toss action. But when we do that, I cut through it almost like a, a 45 degree angle to that corner with my hands up. And I kind of like just say I'm innocent. My hands are up and you drive off of my butt and kind of use me as like a moving screen. And that's that triple gap. So now you're driving. All right. I've created like a blur screen and now you have the corner and then you play out of that. And you also you're trying to get to the rim, number one. Uh, dump off number two to the big, which you mentioned, and then play out to the corner. So that's like what we're looking for. And if we can repeat that over and over again, uh, we feel that the defense is going to break down. And it's going to lead to, you know, an open shot um, or, you know, a good paint shot or a layup. And, you know, for coaches looking for more of this, we have, you know, PDF breakdowns and small sided games, uh, game film clips, fast draw presentations to really paint a good picture in many different ways of what this looks like and how you can progress this with with your players or or maybe you you do this, but you're looking for, you know, more options to run uh, with, with your team. So you broke down some of the traditional spacing and, and locations. Um Let's talk about how we would get into that from, you know, flowing from defense down to offense. Well, in transition, you want to, you know, play as fast as your fundamentals allow, which is why, you know, we have you have a, a kind of a saying that you picked up. And if your X's can't defend and rebound and your O's can't shoot, dribble and pass it, it doesn't matter what you run. Um, So, yeah, we can talk about scheme in the, the dribble drive offense, but really if your players don't have skill development, it doesn't matter what you're on. Um, but back to kind of transition or flowing in from uh, defense to offense, um, you want to play fast. You want to get the ball up. If you can get it up the floor um, quicker, the better. Um, and then when you're in transition, we always talk about, even before we ran dribble drive, we talk about attacking like the middle third of the paint, get, uh, the, of the court, getting the ball into the paint. Um, now in transition, you can it's kind of almost like a two-sided break because you have you know two guards that are in the slots that are coming up, and then you have your your wings who really run out wide and deep is what we say. We want you out wide and deep, and they run to kind of the corner areas to give that spacing. And then our big is rim running, and then they're getting opposite the ball. So that's how we're flowing. Um, from you know defense to offense and really you could have you could have if you have multiple guys that can bring it up 
Um, which this next year looking down the road, we're probably going to tr- want to play faster a little. So we're going to have more like positionless, like not positionless, but almost like those four guys are going to be interchangeable. We'll have one guy that's like, hey, you're not bringing it up. You're the big that's run- rim running. Mm-hmm. Um, but those other guys will flow, um, get to those spots as quick as they can. And then if you pass it, so if I'm bringing the ball up, I'm the point guard or I'm the guard that got it. If I pass it over half court, I kind of stay in trail. Mm-hmm. All right. If that passes over half court, because I can't really make that cut. I don't want to jam up spacing. Right. And, and realistically, if you're visualizing a court, if I pass it up to coach Kramer, um, if the pass crosses half court, most likely he's catching it on the wing. So it gives him the option to shoot. It gives him the option to drive baseline. It gives him the option to drive middle. Um, there's, there's probably not an instance where I'm passing it over half court and you're already in the corner. I, I highly doubt that. Um, but if I, if I do pass it, um, if I do pass to the corner, I cut, um, open up a, a, a double gap, and then, you know, we have our, our rotation principles. Um, but if not, you know, I'm trying to hit the trail man, which is another guard. It's not your traditional, like, big man. It could be your traditional big man. Um, if they can step out and they can drive, you know, that stretch four. Um, but we have, like, those two guard fronts, and I'm passing slot to slot to you, and then that's an issue in the offense, which I kind of talked about, where I cut it at 45, you dribble off my butt, we're looking to get a piece of the paint and then we have our our penetration reactions and also like our our dribble um, rotation reactions mm-hmm. touch real quick on some of the principles that you're breaking down with your players uh, so that they can get a better understanding of what they should do on the catch and off the ball um so i took a lot of these from john leonzo who um i just studied him doing the dribble drive motion and i he kind of got him for like Mark Casillas, and I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and then uh, Vance Wahlberg's like, to me, he's the first the person goat. I know that yeah <laughs> that did dribble drive, but it's a little yeah, different. Yeah, OG. Yep, it's a little different because they would uh they would have like that two guard front and almost drive that single gap and pitch it back a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little different than that. But anyway, um, which I like, I like that. Like I, I do like. I that. mean, I like, I like both. I just like the optionality of that. I think that you could switch it a little easier, but, you know, I like the idea of driving at um, your teammate's defender, like drawing two, pitching it back, and then he's got an option to shoot or drive mm-hmm. it, which you could. You could do that. That's why the dribble drive is nice because you can incorporate different things. Um, Principle-wise, like I said, took some of the, a lot of the stuff from John Leonzo, but uh, catch ready to shoot, react to attack. Um, pass to where help came from. So where did help come from? That's where you're passing to. Penetrate, pass, pass. So when we penetrate, we want to kick out, and oftentimes we make one more pass. It's just like coaches always say, you know, you know, give up a good pass or a good shot for a great shot yeah. or swing the ball. So that's penetrate, pass, pass. Now, one that I'll actually I'll ask you right now um, is, like, it also depends on personnel. So if I penetrate and pass to Coach Kramer, I know he's a knockdown shooter and he's got a good look. That's really a great look for you. You know what I'm saying? Compared to passing to the next dude who's not a good, not as good of shooter as you. So that comes back to like shot selection, and it comes back to knowing your team's identity, and it comes back to what shots do you want. So you do have to have that conversation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that principle is a principle, but there's exceptions to it too. Um. Sprint to respace. So whenever you drive, quick story on that. One of my friends is down here for spring break. We were hanging out, and we played together in high school. And he he goes, he goes, yeah. My job in high school was if I was wide open and called caught the ball, 
to pass it back to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> and that's a perfect example of, you know, it's always, that's a principle of the offense, but it's, it's not, it's not the law. All right. Um, sprint to respace, which means if, if off of a drive or off of rotation, you want to sprint to get to new space. And then a, a big one is like, as a player, you got to ask, does my teammate need space or help? Mm, yeah, so I love that. If, if they need space or if, if they need space, that means, hey, I'm giving them some space. I'm pushing away from them. I'm giving them space. And they're going to attack that space. That's real estate. They're going to attack it. And then we're going to make a simple play for each other. If it looks like they need help because they're being pressured and their dribbles going more east and west, if you're talking like football style, then they need help. So I got to kind of go to them for maybe a pitch. Or maybe I got to clear out. Somebody else rotates to that spot, um, get them some help. So does my teammate need uh, space or do they need help? Yeah, I think that's one of the most important questions in basketball period, especially with, you know, the, the you know, the game continues to get a little more perimeter based. You know, uh, that's just such an important question for us to ask. And regardless of what offense we're running, to teach our young kids at the youth level, that can help them answer some questions as far as what they should do without the basketball, because a lot of kids aren't sure what they should do without the basketball. A lot of high school players aren't sure what they should do about basketball. Asking that simple question, do they need help or space can solve many, many problems. Um, so, so I love that coach dig into some of the, we talked about the spacing. Let's talk about some of those actions and then how, players off the ball react to what the basketball is doing. So kind of back to, um, you know, does my teammate need space or help? Let's say we got our four out one in, I pass over to you. I cut through a 45 to the opposite, to the corner I passed it to. So I'm going to say I pass it to the left. So I'm going to that left corner. Now you're trying to drive hard, play downhill, cut or dribble right off my butt, kind of use me as a moving screen. And your read is basically, can I score? You know, that's your first thing. And uh, and then I'm passed to where help came from. Did the help come from inside? I got my dump off to my big, who's always opposite the ball. And a lot of times, in, or sometimes it'll come from there. Sometimes it'll come from the corner. Mm-hmm. And the corners read, kind of back to, does my team need space or help? Their read is the driver's shoulders. So if your shoulders are downhill, uh, you know, it, you probably just need some space. I'm pushing away. I'm ready to catch and shoot. If your shoulders are more dribbling at me, you know, that east and west dribble, all right, I got to start lifting up out of that corner. And now we get into, um, again, John Leonzo term dot. Um, so it's called, it stands for dribble on top. So I'm lifting out of the corner and I'm meeting you roughly around the wing area. And when I meet you, you're trying to dribble on top of my defender. Um, what this does is it allows me to get a shot. All right. If I'm a shooter off that, it allows me to catch a little pitch from you or a handoff and turn the corner and then get the ball in the middle again and get into dribble drive. Or if I'm being overplayed and you're dribbling at me and you try to dribble on top of my defender, he kind of, you know, fights over, then I can go back door. So it gets to those. So those are kind of like the reads um, from the driver and also the corner. Um, The big inside their read is they're opposite the ball. There is um, some exceptions where like, you turn the corner real sharp on that drive and I kind of just stay opposite because I can't get opposite fast enough. If I do, I'm going to run right into you. Um, so that that's a read. Also another read from the big is if the ball goes baseline, I go right to the front of the rim. I'm right there for that, that, that drop off there. So there's some reads from uh, different positions um, that um, 
are involved in the offense. Yeah, I just like the the option of the handoff. If if it's you're kind of feathering off the handoff, you're still in your offense, right? You're still in the offense. I can hand it off to you. I can go down to that corner. You can dribble the ball back up. You can pass, cut through. We're still in our offense. Or if hey, it's it's tight off that handoff, and I can get a crack. I mean, that's that's really a, a triple gap that we're driving in, in that situation, which is what we're trying to get uh, as much as possible. And so, being able to incorporate uh, pass and cut into the driving those triple gaps, as well as dribble handoffs into some of those double or triple gaps, depending on where the handoff is. Like if it's more at the wing, it's more of a um, more of a double uh, gap than a triple, but you get the idea. We're still within our offense. Uh, that super super useful, and th- there's so many as as you said in uh, one of your breakdowns earlier. This was before we were on the podcast, but making it your own. It's so important as coaches to be able to see something and, and make it our own. Like for me, I'm not like black and white dribble drive offense, but I would absolutely. Like if I was a coach right now, I would teach the structure of the dribble drive. I would teach the initial actions of the dribble drive. And then we would start to build in uh, off ball screens and zoom actions. And then we'd build in some ball screens. And then like that would be, you know, in a nutshell, some of the offense that we would run. But I would absolutely use the dribble drive to structure the offense that I'd be building out for my team just because I love what it teaches in it gets you in that aggressive, aggressive mindset. So even if you're not running a true dribble drive, like I, I really recommend teaching some of the, the spacing and options out of it. Talk a little bit about some of the reads and rotations. And, you know, you mentioned the dot, right? Some of the other terminology that you might use to teach this to your players and coaches. I mean, one of them, if they, if you're involved in any offense is like filling. So like if, if, I'm driving the ball and you're one spot behind me or two spots behind me and the ball's going away. You got to fill behind me um, to fill the spot that I just vacated. So if I'm driving from, let's say the left slot and you are in kind of the, you'd probably be on the left wing. You're starting to fill up to that slot position in case I drive and I can't go anywhere with it. I want to probably keep my dribble alive and either, you know, almost go from um, perimeter to post you know, you do a good job teaching that, coaching that. I go from perimeter to post, or I stride stop, jump stop, I reverse pivot, and I'm looking to kick it back to the person that just filled my spot. If that person's being overplayed, they can back cut and the other person fills up. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you know, talk about fill. Um, advanced um, thing is like being able to skip the ball. So visualize this. Um, I'm driving from the left slot, and maybe they don't help off of the ball side corner. They help off of the weak side corner to kind of crash down on the big. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for that skip pass cross, which is tough. If you're a bigger guard, you can almost make that hook pass, which I'm talking about across mm-hmm. the lane. Yep. If you're not, it might be a jump stop. And then you're looking to kick out opposite because if I get downhill, somebody has got to stop me. Otherwise I'm scoring. So if they come off the big, somebody has got to help the helper. If you visualize that, and that's where you're trying to um, kind of, uh, take advantage of that help the helper and, you know, look playing off of that skip. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it is tougher, um, especially um, maybe off a smaller guard um, or even just younger levels um, that might come from like a, a jump stop, reverse pivot, even kick it out to the wing, then go corner, but somehow get it back to that spot that uh, 
they're helping the helper from. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we have like these reads that you're trying to promote the options for passing and locations. We have them all broken down and whether it's a video PDFs, we have a bunch of different things. So as we're going through the, and you're hearing the audio, you know, we, we have the breakdowns, the small side of games of what these can look like. In fact, I, I put some together and coach Tro has some within our coaches edge coach membership that are re, uh, very beneficial for uh, everybody involved as well. Let's talk about the big. Right. I mean, so much of this is the movement of our four perimeter players really uh, moving together, you know, like like a strings attached almost as far as how they're able to flow together. What are some of the looks that bigs get within this offense? They're going to. Um, and if you watch, um, if you're part of the coaches edge, you'll see we get a lot of dump offs for layups. Um, so. They are opposite the ball, like I said, and. A lot of times they might have to seal that help the help guy. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, where the guy kind of cracks down on the big on the drive. Um, so they'll get that look. Um, if you man, I wish we if you have some really athletic bigs, they can get a lob. Like it might not even have to be a dunk, but sure. you know, if they're trying to crack down on that player, you just throw it close to the rim, jump up, get it, finish. Um, so look at that. They'll always be in good rebounding position. Um, we had a player that you know. I, that ran the inside spot and led us in offensive rebounds and just worked hard. Um, worked tail off, got a lot of inside outlooks too from him, just getting offense rebounds, kicking it out. Um, and then you can kind of, um, depending on how versatile your big is or put different players in there, you can just put in a person that's just a good finisher. It's strong down there. It doesn't have to be like your big, big. Um, but you can move them out to the perimeter and it, it goes into some five out principles. Like you can run some zoom action out of this. If you so imagine two players in the slot, two kind of in the corners, let's bring our big up to the top of the key. That means our two slot players kind of push out just a little, not not to the wing, but just a tad. And now we pass it to our big who's at the top of the key. You're in zoom action. And if you haven't watched Coach Kramer's uh, zoom action um, video, I just skimmed through it here a little while ago. He just tweeted it out. Check that out. Um, It's a popular action to run. That's a simple way to get into zoom action out of your dribble drive, um, a four out one in, and it turns into a five out. Mm-hmm. So that's just, um, you can also bring up the big and have them set ball screens. Um, so there's different, very, there are different actions that you can run out of this. Um, like coach Kramer said, make it your own. And I a hundred percent agree with them. Uh, and if, you know, maybe we'll talk about it now or later in the podcast about like some things that I'd change or, or some mistakes I would make, or made this the season and in the past and have learned from it, but not just like relying on dribble, 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 dribble all the time, add in some other actions, whether it's ball screens or off ball screens, zoom action that um will help out your dribble drive offense, especially mm-hmm. against really athletic teams that right. are like, Hey, you can't dribble by us. I don't care. We're going to stay mm-hmm. with you. Long athletic teams. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. I mean, you can run when you run into long athletic teams, you can, whatever offense you run, you're probably going to struggle. Right. Um, but, but in that case, you might be able to like, Hey, we need to switch something up. We need something a little different because we can't get by them off the dribble. We cannot create that advantage to the point where like, we're not drawing two defenders. They're just sticking with us. Right. Right. Yeah. I definitely want you to touch on, touch on that. Uh, you mentioned zoom action. That's another thing that that's a recent uploaded coach's edge is yeah. I have a YouTube video breaking stuff down, but I just finished, uh, 
zoom action small sided game series. We have two different uh, setups for one on one, and then we have three different uh, two on two small sided games, and we build it up into three on three. And you know, there's some teaching points points of emphasis for each one with our zoom action. That's a that's another thing that we we are just putting up into Coach's Edge. Spring's a very busy time for for our Coach's Edge uh, members and the things that we're doing doing there. Let's talk about, before we get to some of the mistakes, let's talk about some of the ways to uh, start as far as actions that we can make to try to you get the dominoes to fall and, and create an advantage. So one would be that toss action, which I mentioned, um, me and you are in the slot. I pass it over to you in the opposite slot. I cut, you're driving off my butt. Um, another way is to kind of, um, some coaches will call it flip or some coaches, I've heard it loop or switch or whatever, exchange. Um, where your low guys, so the players in the corners, exchange with the top two guys that are in the slot. And so I have the ball. I dribble handoff to my teammate who's in the corner, but they're not gonna they're not gonna get the dribble handoff in the corner. Sorry, let me do a better job of visualizing. They're coming up. It doesn't even have to be a dribble handoff. It could just be a pass down to them where they catch it on the wing. So now we've exchanged. We have two new players up top, um, and then we go slot to slot again, which is that toss action, and then we're we're in it. It's a you know maybe you got a player that's in the left corner that you feel like they have an advantage um, depending on who's guarding them. That's an easy way to get them the ball um, playing downhill. Um, you could also basically slice or send um, one of the slots through. So imagine I'm bringing up the ball. Coach Kramer is being like face guarded. You know, I can't pass it to him. Slot slot doesn't make any sense. He could down screen. That's one option. Um, and then exchange with the player on his side. Or he could just cut through at a 45 kind of at my man and I dribble off his butt because I know he's going to get a lot of attention. Um, mm -hmm. You could also um, run some, like I said, some ball screens out of it that will initiate it um, where maybe I pass to you. Um, the big comes up to around the free throw line top of the key area. They set a screen for me and then they immediately set a screen for you. Now you're playing downhill. The big's rolling back to his spot and we're in the offense. Um, another, um, popular way to initiate the offense would be like a chin look and, um, that might, well, there's different, there's different things within the chin offense. Um, but you know, beeline ran that was, the two guard offense was pretty popular. Uh, but let's say I'm in the slot. I pass it to a, a teammate on the wing opposite slot cuts through off of the big who's at the high post. And I kind of get like a flare screen where I, I have an option to, if my defender goes under to shoot it, I have the option to rip and go opposite. And again, we have a triple gap that we've created. Our bigs go into the hoop. We got a player in the corner. The other two guys are filling behind. So it kind of um, morphs or flows into your, your dribble drive. And like I said, it's a lot easier seen on film or in diagram sure. than talking about it. But hopefully the coaches out there have painted a decent picture of uh, what it would look like or have different ways to start the offense. Did you use the smash action at all this year? We, yeah, we, that was like the ball screen is what we would, we called ball screen smash. So we could, it would, we'd bring up the big and try to set a ball screen either from a, a slot slot pass or we sliced one guard through and the other guy would just try to dribble, dribble his defender off the ball screen. Mm -hmm. um, now it's, it's tough if you got a team that they can switch all on. Any ball screen is tough. If, yeah. if, if the other team can switch them all and you don't have like that traditional 
big that can maybe like post up or do some damage on a roll. You got to be creative out of that. So I will say that um, if you're running uh, ball screens out of it. Any tweaks that, you know, you got another year running this offense under your belt, any tweaks that you continue to learn, do better for next year or just overall, you know what, made a mistake doing this this past season and I'm going to make a change. Um, first one would be like just really hammering and shot selection. And I, I'm the one that, you know, talks a lot about shot selection. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like at the end of the season every year, I'm like, I didn't talk about it enough though. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. For real. I look back and I'm like, I should have done more with shot selection because with the dribble drive, what it'll do is you're attacking the paint. But what players don't realize is like, they get, they're like, I'm in the paint. This is a pretty good shot, but they've collapsed the defense so much. Like that they, if they pass it out and then they swing and then they get another pass, like you're getting great shots, mm -hmm. which means you know, the next thing is a lot of times you will get a kick out three off of like two passes. Mm -hmm. And is that a bad shot? Depending on who's taking it, depending on the flow of the game, depending on what your game plan is, it might not be what it might be. Like the other team might be like, all right, we're okay with them shooting a bunch of threes. Um, but you, you'll get easily, easy, good looks with kickouts. If you're attacking the paint, it's just kind of going to happen. And that goes with shot selection, but also goes in the other thing is like, you really got to put an emphasis on paint touches. Like in practice, I wish I would have ran more drills or had more situations. Like we got to get three paint touches before we get a shot. We did it every once in a while, but I watched probably like 12 of our games during spring break. And I was like, you got a good look, but like we need to attack the paint more to get a free throw, to get a layup and be almost more patient within the offense to drive it. Like we're getting okay shots. Um, but we need to, you know, get layups or make the defense work a little more um, and be a little more patient. Um, and, and that goes with like reversals. You know, there's statistics out there. Um, you know, I'm talking about paint touches, attacking the paint multiple times and getting reversals looks kind of go hand in hand. Um, and then another thing that, you know, I would um, tweak and improve would be like second cutters. What I mean by that is like if I drive and get a piece of the paint, and jump stop, stride stop, like we need to get another cutter going to the rim um, to get a layup. Or just like if your defender is staring at the ball, because it'll happen a lot, like do I have an opportunity to just cut to the rim and get an easy layup? And um, that comes with, you know, instincts and players just giving them a little freedom. Like, hey, if you if you see the back of um, your defender's head, like, all right, I know you're supposed to stay in the corner, cut to the rim, get an easy one. All right. Um, you know, manipulate the defense. Uh, and last, we kind of mentioned it, um, blending it with emotion. So there's, there's going to be some teams where, you know, you, you, they're maybe a little more athletic, quicker. So they're staying with you on, on, on your dribbles and you can't create advantage. You can't draw two defenders. So it kind of becomes like a standstill or like, a, you know, the gears just get, you know, clogged and they're, and you can't keep moving. So, they can kind of pressure and, you know, it, it jams things up, I should say. So if you can somehow transition from dribble drive to some off-ball screens, and I've seen um, John Leonzo and uh, Mark Casillo both had, like, a cue, and it was if I'm dribbling and I use, like, a bounce out dribble or a retreat dribble, now we're automatically running into a different action. Um, and because that was like, all right, we didn't turn the corner. We didn't draw anybody. So let's let's restart the offense, jumpstart it and get a new act and get an action that starts the offense again. Um, so I would blend it with motion, especially against those teams that um, are a little more athletic. 
uh, longer that you can't beat off the dribble. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that this afternoon of, you know, if I'm a primary ball handler of being able to attack, keep the ball, bounce out or attack, push somebody through. If they're in the corner, just push through to the other side. Everybody's kind of slow. Uh, They're rotating from the weak side over to me. And then, okay, that's giving me a chance to attack right or left. If I'm now on the right wing, for an example, or we want to run a ball screen on this side with everybody else on the other side and get into a two-man game. We can do that. Um, so, you know, I just love the versatility again of, of this offense and be able to use uh, those different dribble types. And you can do those from the top of the key as well. And you're still well within the the structure and the, and the movements of this offense, which is, which is really good. Any other things within the, your offense specifically that, you know, you would, you would tweak or try to do a little bit better next year. Yeah. Just implementing um, different ways and different actions to start it. Um, also like the zoom action. I'm a huge fan of the zoom action. We didn't do a lot this year. Um, might be something we add. Um, and like I said, having some sort of cue where we, we, instead of passing uh, and I, I can't, you know, I can't beat you off the dribble. I retreat dribble. I pass. Now I'm going to screen away. That guy's going to curl. I replace. Um, to get some awful or we get some like a flare screen in um, like I said something that will um, change it up um, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think that's the one thing that like I struggled with when we've always run you know the dribble drive for in the past is like there's not enough off ball screens mm-hmm. so as a defender like as long as I can like kind of stay with my man you know and when when they run anything like team run flex like you you learn it whatever you learn their patterns you learn their tendencies it's easier to guard. So if you have some sort of change up, um, something that, you know, Hey, I'm used to just not being hit with the screen all night, you know, first quarter, second quarter, I haven't got hit with the screen yet. Oh, wait, you know, they started doing some stuff or we're even in the possession. I haven't been hit with the screen. They're just, you know, no one's screened. I haven't had to communicate at all because right. no one's screening. Yeah. Oh, wait, now, now I got to communicate. I got to make these decisions on defense. Do I, do I switch this? Um, am I hedging here? So, Things like that. Anything that you can, you know, keep the defense on their toes, I think, is beneficial. Yeah. You know, I, I I couldn't agree more. And this could be a way that you transitioned into your dribble drive, or it could be you're running your dribble drive, and then you sprinkle in some of these. It could be a call, right? It could be a color. You know, let's let's say, you know, well, I'm just walking the basketball up more along the the left slot. And we want to get my teammate the ball who's in the left corner, but I want to give him, you know, plenty of room and momentum to attack. Well, I could bring it up the left slot. And if you're on the right slot, one of my favorite screens in the in the world, you're on the right slot, sorry, is that wide pin down. Well, where are our players in the corner? So that's a perfect setup for us to be able to use the spacing that we have to get down and, and get those screens. So I might dribble it down the left slot. You're on the right slot. You set a screen for the player in the right corner as they come up. I pass it to them, and then I go down. I set a screen for the person that we want the ball, getting it with momentum on the left corner. They're coming with some speed off of there. That could be a zoom action, which we've already talked about. I could just hit them, and then I could go back and get a flare screen for my teammate who I just set a screen for. Like There's so many ways that we can utilize those corners as uh, locations to attack. Um, And another one is being able to, like, let's say you're the shooter and and you're at the right slot. 
okay, I can bring the basketball down the left slot. I can hit the corner. And instead of making that 45 cut through, maybe I'm just going to set a screen for you at the other slot. You come off, you got a head of steam, boom, look at that huge gap that you have to catch the basketball on the move and you're coming off. I mean, the, the dribble drive is a really good offense because a lot of times when you catch it, if you're not in position to catch and pull it, a lot of times you already know that, right? So you're almost catching it on the move and you can hit the gas and get into the paint. Now being able to do that and sprinkle in a couple screens prior so that that defense is, is in a recovery position and you're catching and going very, very uh, deadly. And then, it, you know, it's always hard to guard screens. Right. And so that's a little bit of kind of what we've talked about is blending it with some screening action, some motion offense that can be super effective as well. Um, we can and we will go much, much deeper with the dribble drive motion offense. But the majority of that listeners is going to be inside the Coach's Edge membership. That will be with our small side of games PDFs. That will be with our Zoom Coach's Edge coach meetings. So if if you want to, if you liked what you heard and, and you want more, and Coach Stroh has like an hour of broken down different presentations showing game film of what it looks like, doing fast draw breakdowns of what these actions looks like, taking a much more of a deep dive than we've covered even in this podcast. Now is a perfect time to become a Coach's Edge coach member. You get access to those things as we upload them throughout the course of this month. But as we always challenge our players to improve Coach Stro during offseason, that's also a challenge for us as coaches. So let me throw this to you again. What are some things that you have been doing or look forward to doing this offseason to continue to improve yourself as a coach? Uh, first um, would be just diving into some good books. I'm reading one right now. It's called Do Hard Things by Steve Magnus. Um, so only about 100 pages into it, but it, it's it's a great read so far. Um, so, you know, I'm an avid reader and I, and I feel like I want to even read more, the more I read. Um, so that's one. And then podcasts. So I listen to your podcast. Um, I listen to Hardwood Hustle and I listen to Coaching Culture um, with J.P. Nervin. Those are like my three go-to's. And then I'll expand out to uh, Oliver, um, Basketball Immersion, um, those ones too. I listen to anything, especially when you get on Michigan. It is um, cutting grass season. That's when I listen to a lot mm. of podcasts on yeah. the lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I actually worked for um, with Coach Burton one summer. His parents own a lawn lawn care company and i listen to all sorts of podcasts it was <laughs> awesome uh, but sorry getting on a tangent um so yeah and then um diving into i really want to dive into kind of defense especially individual defense basics this year like um lockdown defense gosh who's the lockdown defense guy i'm blanking on his name but he has a bunch of great stuff mm-hmm. out there because i feel like if you can be really good individual defenders then that's just going to help out your team defense and that's one area that I feel I need to get better at. I can, you know, understand help the helper. We need to do this. We can scheme. But, like, there's a skill to be in, like, an individually good defender, too. We always – oftentimes we're, like, team defense, which it is. It is. Don't get me wrong. It definitely is. <laughs> but the better individual defender you are, um, it's just going to strengthen your team defense. So those are a couple areas. And then I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing um, our Zoom meetings with the Coach's Edge. Hopefully we have some cool things coming this fall. Really excited about that. Um, and just, you know, just learning. Like, I'm I'm hoping somebody 
I can learn some new dribble drive motion stuff or like, like the thing you just talked about tonight, I would have never known about. And I really like that idea of like, Hey, we want to get the ball to the person in the left corner. We're going to go wide pins, pin down. We can turn into a zoom action. Um, that's good stuff. So anything and everything. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That was a long winded, not specific answer at all. (laughs) No, that's, that's perfect. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. I, um, so this, this spring I have, I've probably been more dedicated like to myself than maybe I ever have just because I'm getting old coach Tro. If you haven't noticed, I've got a couple of years on you. And uh, for those that have been following us for a while, I do basketball clinics and camps and training and stuff for a living. So it wears on the body because I, I, I like to sweat and I like to work with the kids and I like to demonstrate everything and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun, but body has to keep up. So I, I take a lot of pride in staying in great shape, but things start to get banged up. So I've strained my calf the last couple of years. And I was like, you know what, do I let this try to heal on its own? I was like, dude, can't play around with this. You're getting old now. Right. So now, so I, I have a physical therapist that I go to twice a week. Right. And they work on my body and I got a, a fitness training app that tells me like all the lifts that I need to do. And it, um, it has a nutrition plan in it. And these are all things that Listen, I, I mean, I played college. I played overseas. I've been around a ton of awesome coaches. Our coaches edge members are phenomenal. I could do it. Some internet research. I could figure out how to do some of this stuff on my own. However, wouldn't it be better if you just said, you know what, I'm going to find somebody who knows this stuff better than I do and trust in them. And now I improve better and at a faster rate. And I save myself a lot of time and sometimes a lot of money too, because I've just invested in somebody else who's already knows the things that I want. Right. So when I go to a physical therapist, I don't have to guess at the exercises or the reps. They have all the special equipment and the electrodes and all that stuff. So I know I'm going to get better, right? I I get a, a workout training program that I'm, that I'm paying for, but guess what? The person's been doing it for their living for 20 plus years. They know the programs that I should use. Guess what? It's worked right? It's working. I'm, I'm healthier. I'm stronger, right? They know the nutrition and how I need to eat and how much I need to eat and all that stuff. Could I try to figure that stuff on my, honestly, no, I wouldn't have figured out the stuff that they're teaching me in there. So the, the point is like, you want to get better. I want to get better, but we, you can't just want to and will it on your own, right? There are other people that we can put in our life that allow us to get better, easier, and faster, right? And so I've just given you a couple examples out of what I'm doing. Coach's Edge is another great example. Being able to chat with our different Coach's Edge contributors and members has has really made me have a much bigger understanding of what coaches are trying to look for on the offensive, defensive side of the court. That makes me better when I come in and run camps. Right. If I know so many coaches are running dribble drive, I need to strengthen my skills as far as having an understanding of dribble drive offense. So that now when I go in, we can do all these drills that are based on dribble drive or zoom action or ball screen offense or different types of continuity or even like a flex and stuff like that. So as coaches, it's our job to get better. My challenge to our listeners is if you're going to get better, get better faster easier and do it with other people because it's a heck of a lot more fun right and like i'll learn stuff from you coach tro 
that I wouldn't learn if I wasn't around you. I was on a Zoom call with Coach Archer talking about his ball string continuity. We were on for an hour plus last night. I learned things from him I would not have learned otherwise. But because we've connected, and, and that's the cool thing about Coach's Edge, is coaches are able to connect with each other from different parts of the country. And, it, and it's just like everybody's getting better. It's super exciting. I mean, I, I'm really excited for the spring and the things that we're going to upload with what you've done with dribble drive motion with uh, the things coming out with five out. We got a coach doing a presentation on that. Archer's doing a presentation on ball screen offense. Um, I've done some stuff with zoom action. As we mentioned already, we just put in our at home ball handling program. We recently did a calendar PDF talking about how coaches can be more organized throughout the course of the year. That was a really great meeting, by the way, that you were in. We'll review our coach's edge. Like if you're a coach and you're coaching and you're thinking about what's the big picture things that we need to do, our pillars of play, and then what does that actually look like? We'll review our, our coach's guide. And the the one we got in the back, like the back, 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 the secret weapon is we got a, another coach who I consider a guru who's going to come in and talk about a very unique one, three, one. And there, there's so much going on. I think I'm going to have to push him back to May to even do the presentation with all of our members, because I've just listed off like 10 things we have going already. So like, I'm, I'm jacked. We have more going on with coaches edge dog coach than we've ever had in the, you know, two and a half years plus. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to be a, a part of it just to be a little piece of it. I have learned a ton and I'm grateful. Um, to be part of it and it's funny that you mentioned like having others and going with others because i was just listening to jp nurban's day on a podcast and he talked about like improving in the offseason as a coach what are you doing and like don't go alone like you make so much more strides when you're with somebody else whether it's you're holding each other accountable whether you can have that conversation about the thing that you're learning about you can bounce ideas off yourself and, you know, you really brought that point home. And there's a saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go, you know, far, go together. And I think that's what the coach's edge is. And that's what's nice. Like, side story, like, earlier uh, this season, I texted you um, and another coach from the coach's edge and I was kind of figuring out what, what we want to do on ball screens. And he's like, well, just send me over some film. And Coach Campbell. And he watched an entire game and like scouted <laughs> our opponent that we were playing in districts. Meanwhile, he had an opponent coming up in districts, but he like, it's like, yeah, I'll watch it. I got, I got some time tonight. And that's something I wouldn't have had it without the coach's edge. I mean, we knew each other, but not to the level that we now know each other. Thanks to the coach's edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. I was just connecting a coach from Arkansas and a coach from Frankenmuth yesterday because they both run their run and jump defense. Well, one runs the run and jump really well. The coach in Arkansas, and um, I'm not going to get too detailed because I don't want to give any secrets. I know we got listeners from all over. They might be thinking already, oh, what's this coach going to run? So I don't want to get too detailed. We'll keep that inside inside the membership. But to be able to reach out to other coaches that are doing similar things and learn from one another, share, you know, the the great things that are going on. And, you know, sometimes, oh, here's some things I would change or tweak if I were to do it over. And then you give that advice and save somebody else the trouble. It goes a really long way as well. It's why our coaches meetings are fire. So. Thank you for uh, jumping in, talking dribble drive, uh, motion offense, Coach Stro. Uh, this was fantastic to our Coach's Edge uh, listeners. You want to get more of this, go to coachesedge.coach and jump in. Our membership now is the perfect time.
Coach, any closing thoughts? No, thanks for having me. And um, uh, I look forward to being part of the group and continuing to grow as a coach. Thank you for listening. Get after today.